Republicans. I mean, the Democrats knew what they were doing when they put up 208 votes to take him out of, out of the speakership. And that's what created uh, the current situation that we're in. If shame had not died an inglorious death in the Republican Party, one might have felt some there. That's simple. We are that we are so dysfunctional. Uh, you know, we've got we've got nobody at the head. My first question is, do you really want Tom Emmer to be speaker? No, I don't. I don't like Tom Emmer. I figured this would be the worst job in America. Jim Jordan or more conservative, or you're going to be molested like you can't ever imagine. And again, non-violently. Funding the government is part of our fundamental duty, and we can't even do that. This is petty. This is not responsible. Makes us look like a bunch of idiots. It's bordering on the uh, on the absurd. <laughs> it's, it's unfortunate where we're at. You're listening to Facts and Friends. Welcome to this, it's pronounced Cheesecake Factory episode <laughs> of the Facts and Friends podcast. That was some pretty sad news this week. My name is Tino, and joining me this week is my friend and co-host. Most of you know him as Judson, but I know him as the guy just as likely as Jim Jordan to be the next Speaker of the House. <laughs> Hello, Judson. Hi, Tino. I think I want to say I could do a pretty good job by comparison. Yes, I definitely <laughs> I mean, agree. Also, as you say, I will not get the job. And I know what your work ethic is. So, <laughs> All right. I want to address this issue, this Cheesecake Factory issue. Near and dear to our hearts. I want to say right here off the top, screw this nonsense about pronouncing Kenneth Cheesebro's name Chesbro. I am not on board, Judson. And before you say it's the same thing they do to Kamala Harris, it's not. <laughs> what? How what did you they know do I call you out for that? <laughs> what they do to Vice President Harris is an attempt to other her. What I want to do to my man Cheesebro is non-race-based disrespect. <laughs> totally different. <laughs> No, no, I see that. You're right. I think you're right. You make a valid point. <laughs> wow. Also, I just love the name Cheeseburger. Like, I don't want to give that up. I don't, I don't care if it's not it's real. <laughs> they have all their not real things, like the 2020 election, <laughs> clones running the country. We can have cheese, bro. We can have the cheese. Well, Justin, a week has passed since we last did this show, which means there are a whole fresh bunch of reasons to move up the predicted date of self-inflicted extinction of humankind. <laughs> What's our, what, what's the clock at right now? <laughs> I'm scared to ask. Seconds. We have seconds. <laughs> JK Rowling says she'd rather go to Azkaban than use someone's preferred pronouns. <laughs> Sch Scholastic Books adopts a separate but equal policy for non-straight white cis hetero books. I, I have no comment. <laughs> Trump's co-conspirators are starting to take plea deals. Man, I haven't seen this much flipping since Gilligan was in his HGTV phase. <laughs> Oh, no. Gilligan's my dog. Uh, I know you know that. I knew who that was. Yeah. <laughs> and I let leave the TV on for it. It's nice of you. It's very considerate, dog dad. And for the second week in a row and counting, we have devoted the entire feature block to the U.S. House of Representatives, despite the fact that none of them are doing their jobs. <laughs> 
Wait, we're doing it again? There's more. I know there's more. I watched it all. (laughs) Okay. Before we get into the news, Judson, we promised everyone last week that we would let them know if we had any updates on the George Santos baby situation. (laughs) We might win a Peabody for our coverage of that story, I think. Really? I don't I don't I don't think that's in the cards, buddy. (laughs) Well, after this, after this update. If you're listening and you somehow missed it, George Santos had a screaming meltdown in a congressional hallway while holding a mysterious baby a couple weeks ago. Justin, you're going to be super relieved. I am pleased to report that we've finally gotten to the bottom of the mystery and we can all just breathe a little bit more easily. I'm waiting. No baby was harmed last week. Oh, okay. Okay. That's None good news. There was no baby at all. It, it turns out what looked like the head of a small infant was just your garden variety quato situation <laughs> from, <laughs> from Total Recall. If you don't know who Quato is, then what have you done with your life? <laughs> Let me tell you. Uh, this is from Movie Morgue Wiki because it's a uh, because we are a quality news program. <laughs> Quato is a minor character from the 1990 sci-fi movie Total Recall. He is a mutant human who resembles a deformed infant fused to the stomach of his conjoined twin George. I disagree that he is a minor character in that storyline. He is pivotal to the central arc of the story. It's the only character name I remember from the entire movie. <laughs> Exactly. I, who knows what the other guys were called? It's Quato. I don't know what the main character's name is. <laughs> it's played by Schwarzenegger. That's all I can tell you. No coincidence that the conjoined twin is George. <laughs> Case closed. All right. Let's disapparate our way over to this week's news, Judson. All you need. I can hear the Peabody leaving right now. I just. <laughs> gone out the window all you need is a little flu powder and some astonishingly hateful views toward transgender people (laughs) check and check jk rowling is back in the news judson apparently it's not enough to just repeatedly espouse revolting transphobic views at every possible opportunity and even create opportunities to do so like a podcast pretending you're being persecuted and i wonder if is that that what you're doing is that that what we've been on the whole time (laughs) (laughs) heeding the directive of one kylo ren The Harry Potter creator went out of her way to remind us that we do need to feel at least a little guilty when enjoying anything from the Potterverse by hopping on social media to share a photo with the words, repeat after us, trans women are women, with her own thoughtful commentary on the photo. No, like out of the blue, like she wasn't defending herself against a hater. Not that that would have made it right, but she just offered this up without any prompting. Yeah. Yeah. It would have made it just like a shade less assholic if she were responding to someone. I feel like I think you're right. Yeah. Which you should not by any stretch confuse with assholic. Am I right, Judson? <laughs> much, much different. <laughs> As you might expect, her unprovoked transphobic outburst got people pretty riled up. Uh, yeah. Is she just a troll? Is she so bored with all her money and success that the only joy she finds in life is pissing people off on the internet? I'm asking, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I, I honestly don't know. I'm, I'm taking your question seriously. I okay. I don't understand why. I mean, she's a, is she a legitimate billionaire? I feel like she is. She's. I don't know if she's a billionaire. She, she, she's around she's there. She's in the, in the ballpark of a billionaire. Yeah, if she's not, she's sniffing it. And I don't understand what that level of money apparently does to the human brain because like Elon Musk right. is also a giant transphobe and seems to spend his time doing similar things in some cases. And obviously, you know, he has a personal connection there as well, which I'm sure fuels that a bit. But maybe when you have that much money, you have enough free time to simply do things like that. And I don't work a lot, but like I don't have that much time on my hands that I could just pick out a, an already attacked group and make it worse for them somehow. So one. One commenter on her Twitter thread made a comment referring to the UK Labour Party's plan to improve transgender protections and hate crime legislation. Sure. The commenter said, vote Labour, 
get a two-year stretch, and that was referring to potential jail time for anti-trans hate crimes. Right. So Rowling gleefully responds, quote, I'll happily do two years if the alternative is compelled speech and forced denial of reality and importance of sex. Bring on the court case, I say. It'll be more fun than I've ever had on a red carpet. Troll bogeys. (laughs) (laughs) She... Man, she also likes to throw out there like she's rich, right? It's the same thing that Canada did, I don't know, two, three years ago. All they're doing, right, is just adding trans folks as a protected class right. to these sorts of hate crimes legislation that they already have in the books. Yes. You can't be discriminated for gender or gender presentation, essentially. That's right. And they're coming at it as they're going to force us to use the right pronouns. They're going to throw us in jail. Like, no, no one's going to do that. They're going to call you an asshole if you use the wrong pronouns intentionally because that's what you are. But nobody gives a shit. It's just saying that you could be sued under these civil liabilities if you are discriminating against trans people in the same way that you might discriminate against someone based on race or sex or religion. And those are things you you can't do. Well, maybe someday Rowling will come around on this, Judson. JK. JK. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. You see what he did there? Where's, where's the Wesley qu- clip right here? <laughs> Justin, you have young kids. I do. I'm sure the occasional scholastic published book finds its way into your home from time to time. You know, I actually, they don't. Okay. But it's only because we have apparently a competitor that hits our school district. Uh, I, mean, I fondly remember scholastic books. Absolutely. I remember like being a kid on the way to the doctor's office, hoping no one had circled the object finder in the weekly reader <laughs> before I got there. Do they still have that? So you could ruin the highlights for everyone by solving the puzzle? Oh, was that highlights? That's not scholastic? <laughs> I think I think it was highlights, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Maybe, maybe I don't have any fun yeah. memories of scholastic. <laughs> it's rare we mention any random business on this show for a good reason, Jetson. <laughs> and Scholastic is no exception. The publisher announced their decision last week to separate titles in their elementary school book fairs. Guess what they're pulling out of the normal book population, Judson? Uh, I, I guess they'd be pulling the uh, books by black authors, gay authors, trans authors. I think by or about. By or, or about, sure, sure. That's correct. Books by or that so much as vaguely mention race, gender, or sexuality are gone from the broader elementary catalog. They have been separated, but uh, Scholastic assures us they are still equal. (laughs) I think SCOTUS probably would do that now too, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Can you share with all of us some of their reasoning from a statement that they issued last week? Absolutely. There is now enacted or pending legislation in more than 30 U.S. states prohibiting certain kinds of books from being in schools, mostly LGBTQ AI plus titles and books that engage with the presence of racism in our country. That's how they really said it? Really? That's that's stupid. Because scholastic book fairs are invited into schools where books can be purchased by kids on their own, these laws create an almost impossible dilemma. Back away from these titles or risk making teachers, librarians, and volunteers vulnerable to being fired, sued, or prosecuted. We don't pretend this solution is perfect, but the other option would be to not offer these books at all, which is not something we'd consider. All right, Scholastic. I agree it's imperfect, but I think saying the only other option is to not offer the books is disingenuous. Yeah, there's clearly another option. The third option I listed here, which is that you could challenge this. (laughs) The far-right governments enacting these unconstitutional state laws definitely shoulder the majority of the blame, but when a company bends to accommodate them, that company becomes complicit, I think. And that's what Scholastic is doing here. Yeah, I mean, they've taken the cowardly way out of simply allowing these school districts to determine what books they're they're selling, whether they're able to make available to children. Oh, also, they 
they can fuck that noise that they're protecting the teachers and librarians. They're covering their <laughs> they're own protecting fucking themselves. Asses. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I hate it when they add shit like that to press releases. Yeah. This is so obviously a lie. Yeah. All right. After two somewhat infuriating stories, maybe we need a little pick me up, Judson. Okay. Something to cheer everybody up. I don't know, like Donald Trump's legal nightmares. <laughs> I mean, always a crowd pleaser. <laughs> yeah. All right. First, the gag orders. Judges in two of the six major Trump legal entanglements have issued partial gag orders. I want to say first off that these gag orders are so fucking toothless. Yeah, I, I mean, hold on. I know we don't exactly see eye to eye on this, but I get that the judges are walking on eggshells and they don't want to run afoul of a corrupt far right activist Supreme Court. But I still say they're letting him actively impact the outcome of his cases. If not that, they're at least endangering innocent people just trying to do their jobs. If I were one of these judges, I would issue the full ball gag order, man. He can't say anything publicly about the case or anyone involved or else he will be equipped with an unremovable ball gag and remanded to Joe Biden's basement until the case has been decided. And I'd stream it. This feels like Saw. Is this Saw? This is not the first time you've taken a weird picture I've painted and compared it to Saw. I'm just, maybe, maybe it's your word pictures that have a problem, you know. <laughs> Maybe I have the problem. I want to play a game. Oh my God. <laughs> Do you want to give your opinion? Because I know we don't agree. I don't disagree with you that that is what would be best for everyone. I just think that. Specifically the ball gag in Biden basement? I, I think yes. I, that's a win okay. for everyone involved. And the streaming? Are you on board Possibly with the streaming? including Trump. I'm not entirely sure how he would feel about it. I'm on board with the streaming too. I think that would be a revenue generator as well. So okay. pay off that national debt immediately. My only concern is that. It's it's just that free speech angle. I think that you shut that down and you just give him this like on a silver platter excuse for how he's being mistreated. You know, his fans don't need an excuse. Obviously, they're going to go with him regardless of facts or reality. But I think that excuse is enough for SCOTUS to step in and do things that we don't want to have happen, I think, too. So on appeal and, and whatnot. It is kind of an edge case insofar as just because one moderately wealthy person ran for president to avoid being prosecuted and then used that <laughs> it, it, it to is, sort of yeah. get around all the laws all the laws every one of them <laughs> i don't see that being a successful strategy for other wealthy people no, to no, use i mean I, i'm not worried about a slippery slope here because i don't think anyone can do donald trump often says that he's the only one who can solve a problem right and he's wrong about that every single time he's ever said it but he's right that he's the only one who can do what he does there where he avoids any sort of responsibility pretty much every single time for now for, well so far so up, up until this point and the man is old <laughs> All right, so let's look at these gag orders. Judge Tanya Chutkin in the election tampering slash attempted coup case. That's the one in D.C. Right. She issued a partial gag order last week forbidding Trump from making statements about potential witnesses or disparaging comments about prosecutors. Trump's lawyers appealed her order, claiming it imposed, quote, an overbroad content based prior restraint on the leading presidential candidates core political speech. So then only a couple days later, Chutkin lifted her gag order pending its formal appeal. So the gag order with the sharpest teeth has been lifted, at least for now. Right. So then in the New York fraud case, Judge Ngoron issued a gag order back on October 3rd after Trump attacked one of his law clerks in a bullshit social post. We covered that on this show. Yep. But it turns out after the post that led to the gag order, Trump's legal team on that case, led by Alina... You gotta check all the boxes. Haba <laughs> did not 
take the post down. Oops. Yeah. So when Judge and Gordon was made aware of that last week, he fined Trump $5,000 and he warned him that he would consider jailing Trump for any future violations. I call bullshit on that threat, but okay. Yeah, I don't think he's going to jail. I've, I've, and I've nobody said, sending Trump to yeah. jail. I've, I've said for years that no one's sending Trump to jail. <laughs> and certainly not before he's been convicted of anything. Somehow, some way... Trump's lawyers managed to get the post taken down after the fine, but honestly, given their level of competence, I would not be surprised if it like ended up on a billboard in Times Square by the time we released this episode. <laughs> I almost want to crowdfund that right now. <laughs> All right, now let's shimmy over to the election interference slash RICO case in Georgia to see what might be going on there. I don't think anything's happened in that case, has it? Any, any new earth shattering revelations? What? Sidney Powell, <laughs> Donald Trump co-defendant and architect of the Kraken of election fraud cases. Her word, not mine. <laughs> she was in court last week to answer to charges that she knowingly spread lies and conspiracy theories about the non-existent 2020 election fraud. Now, if any of you don't remember Ms. Powell's Kraken claim, back in 2020, she insisted that she was sitting on a, quote, Kraken of a case that would prove widespread election fraud and destroy any belief that Joe Biden is the freely and fairly elected president of the United States. Judson, you're not going to believe this. Uh, okay. We actually reached out to the Kraken for comment. <laughs> I was birthed in eldritch depths unknown to humankind, bound by arcane magics before you pitiful primates conceived of fire. So even the very notion that an up-jumped rodent could exert any influence on my tentacular magnificence is a slight against the old gods. So egregious, it's a wonder they haven't already drag your entire civilization into the dark abyss where you belong. <laughs> oh, boy. Strong statement from the Kraken. You think we're going to get a Peabody for this one? <laughs> <laughs> well, I changed my pants here, Judson. That was scary. Hopefully I need to answer that question, yeah. <laughs> um, let's, uh, let's see how it went for Miss Powell in Georgia last week. How do you plead to the six counts of conspiracy to commit intentional interference with performance of election duties? Guilty. Well, I'm sorry, did she say guilty? That is the word I heard. <laughs> I'm no lawyer, but I bet that's not good for the Donald. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it. She also got like a really sweet plea deal, it seems like, because she faces far less severe charges. Misdemeanors instead of felonies, yeah. So that means she's either given up or is going to give up something pretty damning on Trump. She has to have a lot or be willing to testify to a lot, yeah. That's, 100%. Yeah. And she was not alone. She was not. Our buddy. Despite previously <laughs> refusing a plea deal to flip on Trump, our favorite cheese bro, Kenneth, <laughs> changed changed his mind in the wake of Miss Powell's guilty plea. Well, because the first person to flip gets the best deal, so you don't want to be lower down the line That there. was his mistake. Ken missed the boat already, yeah. But he's going to be like, I'm going to be number two for sure. I'm not going to be number three. In his plea, uh, Cheesebro admitted that the fake electors plot was an attempt to violate the U.S. Constitution and federal law. He also directly implicated Trump in a criminal conspiracy. Oops. Yeah, Justin, I was thinking about this. It's maybe kind of a good thing Trump's lawyers are so terrible at lawyering. If they weren't, they'd probably be <laughs> shitting bricks over these pleas. I think it's hilarious that Trump's lawyers hired better lawyers than Trump hired. Because <laughs> they got some pretty good plea deals. Yeah, I'm not surprised because their lawyers are going to get paid. Trump kind of has a reputation of not paying his lawyers. Yep. All right. Well, we will be right back to talk about the latest in the search for the Speaker of the House. Spoiler, we still don't have one. We don't. 
Hey, FNFers, it's your favorite bad gay, Tino. I just wanted to take a second to invite you to become a supporting listener of Facts and Friends by subscribing to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash factsandfriends. Patreon is a completely secure platform that gives independent shows like ours a more direct way to interact with our listeners while also giving you a way to support our work and keep us on the air. The costs of making a podcast really do add up, and as an independent show, the burden of paying those costs falls on us. By supporting us today, you not only keep us on the air, but there's also something in it for you. You'll gain access to the larger Facts and Friends community by way of the Facts and Friends Discord server. There you can interact with fellow listeners as well as me and Judson. We're there all the time. We also have a few Patreon-only bonus mini-episodes of Facts and Friends with plans to do full-length Patreon-only episodes and even live shows. There's also a ton of content from Judson and I's old show, The Unpierre Podcast, which you can get through a Patreon-only feed directly to your podcast listening device. Here's what that's like. Mohammed Abad from Edinburgh, Scotland, was in a car accident Uh at the tender age of six. And he, in fact, did lose his wiener. Oh, buddy. They had just barely gotten to know each other. (laughs) (laughs) Nearly 37 years later, through the miracle of science, Mr. Abad has been surgically fitted with a bionic penis. (laughs) Wait, what? No way. We have the technology. Who can rebuild him? (laughs) (laughs) He's a virgin. As you might expect. I <laughs> Two years ago, though, we got married, but he didn't tell his wife what was going on down there. No. No. Yeah. How do you not their wedding tell night. someone? Oh. Surprise. <sighs> so that marriage didn't work out. No shit. <laughs> wow. But upon hearing of his story, an award-winning dominatrix, Charlotte Rose, has offered to be the first vagina to experience This technological marvel. So this is a sad story, right? But with a happy ending. Right. Uh. (laughs) Jamie, what do we do on this show with sad stories? You make a song out of it. (laughs) That's right. No, (laughs) that's that's right. Hey, uh, hey, Jamie's husband. Can I get a little guitar? A young kid just started school When a car crash ripped off small too He was 43 when he got it replaced Science fixed him, now it's time to get laid Did I mention it's bionic? <laughs> that is one of your better oh outings. That's, That's one of so your better good. Uh, it's excellent. <laughs> it's it's like Wang. That's how the next. <laughs> oh my god! It's so good. Listen, Judson and I are deeply grateful for any support you can give, and we will make sure to recognize all of our patrons on the air. So please, do your part to help keep the show on the air by supporting us over at patreon.com slash factsandfriends. And if you already have, thank you so, so much. The following segment of the Facts and Friends podcast contains extreme and potentially unhealthy levels of schadenfreude. (laughs) Listener discretion is advised. Dun dun! <laughs> Here we are, late on a Sunday night, Judson. We recently ticked over from 18 to 19 days without a Speaker of the House, so without a functioning legislative branch of government. <laughs> 
That means we have to go all the way back to 1859 to find a longer vacancy. How long was the vacancy in 59? I can tell you the longest one. I can't tell you the 1859. What's, what's, what's the longest one? 61 days. You think we'll make it? But there's a damn good it's chance. A pretty good chance. Oh, <laughs> uh, especially when you look at the uh, the candidates. But but let's let's we're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> a little okay? bit. Sorry. We covered this stink pickle soiree last week, but so much has happened since then. As we mentioned, pretty much all of it astonishingly embarrassing for the Republican Party. Well, who lacks the ability to feel embarrassment or shame of any sort? When we last left the hapless ignoramuses in the House Republican majority, Steve Scalise had quit before he could be humiliated on national television, and Jim Jordan was poised to claim the gavel as they went to the first vote of the entire House. He wasn't. I, I, don't, I don't understand why we live in a world where I have to say that Steve Scalise is the smart one. Like, what? <laughs> why? Why is that the thing that I have to say right here? Honestly, uh, going into this vote, I was pretty nervous. I, my thinking was there's just no way Jordan goes to the floor of the house unless either he knows he has the votes or just has such an inflated view of himself that he assumes he has them. Ah, but you forget they are bad at math. They are. <laughs> well, we can be sure it's not the former because we know how that vote turned out. I'm not too clear as to the actual reason. I mean, given the hints of a strategy of bullying and intimidation on the part of Jordan supporters ahead of the floor vote, there was also kind of the theory that he wanted the vote to happen in public, to have a public record of his opposition's votes to use against them. Right. With their constituents. And that theory, we're going to get to it, may have some legs. I, I think it does. So, you know, last week I criticized Jordan for his intimidation and bullying campaign. Rightly so. But <laughs> as, yeah, as, as anyone should. But when you think about it, what else has he got? It's not like Jim fucking Jordan is going to launch a charm offensive. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Jordan is charming what Jared Kushner is to uh, a soothingly deep baritone. Wow, I'm Mr. Manager. <laughs> Ted Cruz is still sad that Jim Jordan is in the house because there'd be a chance he'd have competition for the least liked senator if Jordan made it up to the, the upper chamber. The only person I can think of that's less charming than Jim Jordan uh -huh. off the top of my head is Stephen Miller. Ooh. Wow. No, you're right. You're definitely right about that. So Jordan lost the first vote pretty decisively. All of the Democrats voted for Jeffries and 20 Republicans voted for someone other than Jordan. And clearly this is the Democrats' fault. We're going to get to that too. <laughs> um, Jordan, I think, can only afford to lose five. Is that right? Uh, I think he can lose four. Five is too five many. Five is, is where it ticks over. Yeah, okay. I think so. I know he needs 217. Yeah, they're 221, I think. The house right isn't now. full. They're, they're there's some vacant seats in the house. A couple so it gets vacancies, a yeah. Well, at least everyone on the Republican side were being such adults about their votes. <laughs> oh, he did not vote for Congressman Jim Jordan, instead voting for Tom Emmer. Well, I guess my first question is, do you really want Tom Emmer to be speaker? No, I don't. I don't like Tom Emmer. I figured this would be the worst job in America. Mike Rowe would not want to do this for his TV show. This is so, a terrible job. Okay, so just to underscore that. You voted for somebody because you don't like them. I, I voted for somebody because I wasn't going to vote for Jim. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is Ken Buck on national television saying that he voted for Tom Emmer because he thinks Emmer is an asshole and he wants him to suffer. I mean, he's not wrong about it being the worst job in the country right now. He's not wrong about Emmer being an asshole. I'm, I agree. Yes. I mean, they're both assholes. So sure. Oh, for sure. Game recognizes game. Um <laughs> <laughs> 
Judson, it was a veritable masterclass on adulting. Is Kevin McCarthy. His name, if you go, he would not let the architect of the Capitol take his name off the door. So when you go to the speaker's <laughs> uh, office, there you go. It still says Kevin McCarthy. He is not the Speaker of the House. He is not the Speaker pro tem of the House. Well, how does he have the power to tell the architect to not take it off? I mean, how does he even have that power? I guess. I mean, he's no more Speaker than I am. Probably Patrick McHenry has that power, right. who is uh, a Kevin McCarthy ally and is not okay. looking to take it down. And it's not just that. If you go on House.gov, it still also says that Kevin McCarthy is the Speaker of the House. This is my fort. No girls. <laughs> That's right. And Greg Murphy blocked Nancy Mace, his Republican colleague on Twitter, just because she's one of the Gatesville eight. <laughs> well, sure. Makes sense. So we were set for another vote the very next day in which the cunning Jim Jordan was certain to persuade his opponents and win the day. <laughs> Why do I keep doing this? Why, why did he have another vote? On the second vote, Jordan lost support. Four Republicans withdrew their support to change their votes. So it was a net loss of two. And in Republican world, apparently that's, that means you've done a better job? I mentioned the Gatesville aide a minute ago. Yeah. Their leader tried to offer a deal that probably gave some of his colleagues some pause. <laughs> there is, Congressman, a potential plan D out there, and, and it's your colleague, Matt Gates. He, he triggered all of this, obviously. He says the eight Republicans who voted to remove Kevin McCarthy are willing to face consequences, uh, potentially censure, even removal from the conference if the holdouts are willing to switch their votes and, and support Jim Jordan. Do you think that would be enough to get him elected? No, I don't think it's going to persuade anyone. Uh, it's a little disingenuous. It's a little bit late. Frankly, it was almost uh, written as a, an admission of guilt um, hmm. as, as opposed to showing any, any contriteness or, for, or asking for forgiveness. Uh, and, and also, you know, okay, great, you get rid of Gates, but you're still stuck with Jim Jordan as your speaker. If you didn't <laughs> well, like the guy, like, I mean, not having Gates around is a bonus, but you still don't like the guy. And, and let's, be, let's be clear, like, Gates and the Gatesville Eight are total liars. So it's not like he's gonna like keep up his part of the bargain, right? Oh, sure. Bring on the third vote. <laughs> it was the best. And in this vote, Jordan's campaign of fear and intimidation finally kicked into high gear with his opponents and their family members starting to receive threats from Republican voters who for some reason think they're patriots. This is a voicemail left for the wife of a Republican congressman, not the congressman, his wife, who voted against Jordan. Why is your husband such a pig? Why would he get on TV and make an asshole of himself? Because he's a deep state prick? Because he doesn't represent the people? Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to come follow you all over the place. We're going to be up your ass nonstop. We are now Antifa. We're going to do what the left does because your of a husband gets on TV and says, oh, the bad guys. They did, so I'm going to vote for Kevin McCarthy, a piece of shit who everybody knows. And for his piece of shit ass, talk about Americans who are actually fighting for Americans as the bad people. There's everything about him. So f you, f your husband, and we are going to, we, we're not like the left. We aren't violent, but we're going to follow your ass. Every appointment you have, everything you can do. Your, your husband's an asshole. You should talk to his stupid ass. We're at war. 
Israelis being killed, and your dumb husband is acting like a f***ing two-year-old? No wonder. He's a f***ing warmongering piece of shit. So listen, you're going to keep getting calls and emails. I'm putting all your information over the Internet now. Everybody else is, and you will not be left alone because your f***ing husband, Jim Jordan or more conservative, or you're going to be f***ing molested like you can't ever imagine. And again, nonviolently, you won't go to the beauty parlor. Now, you must be a bitch to marry a ugly mother like that. He he seems nice. <laughs> now, he does have a point about Kevin McCarthy being a piece of shit, but <laughs> he, he seems to struggle with a lot of pretty basic concepts, like what violence is. Yeah. I, I, what is, what's, there, what's there to say about this? I mean, that's, that's abhorrent. I'm sorry, abhorrent if you're George Santos. Thank you, George. Hasquato. <laughs> it's, it's exactly what you would expect from the party and, and the supporters of the people who you know, plan January 6th and right. think that this sort of rhetoric that they engage in on a daily basis doesn't have consequences like raising the political temperature of the country to the point where people are threatening violence over a disagreement over who should have the worst job in America. Now, it's true Jim Jordan didn't tell that guy to call that congressman. Oh, okay. You don't know that that's not true, first of all. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I think it's pretty safe to say Jim Jordan didn't tell that guy to call that congressman's wife. Probably. Probably, probably safe to say. But if Jake Sherman's tweet about what Warren Davidson said is accurate, she deserved it. In the tweet, Jake Sherman says, in a meeting between Jim Jordan and the holdouts. Close Jordan ally Warren Davidson said, it's not Team Jordan's fault that holdouts are getting death threats. They are getting death threats, he said, because they voted against Jordan. Yeah, I mean, I, I put some on Blue Sky. I was like, he, he didn't threaten your family with painful death. His followers threatened your family with painful death. And you, if you just vote for him, they'll stop doing that, I'm sure. It's the whole stochastic terrorism thing, right? Yeah. Also, listen to what is supposed to be a condemnation of this caller's threatening behavior. That, that, that beta male who, who makes threatening phone calls to women who lives in his mom's basement, he's a beta male. All these, all these online trolls are. You know, the, the warmonger, they call me that too, right? They're, uh, they've never been in a fist fight in their life. And uh, they, they should know that I'm calling them beta males right now. I want to make that very clear. Uh, because anybody who threatens women uh, like that is, is, is a beta male. And it's, it's unfortunate where we're at. That was Dan Crenshaw. It is unfortunate where we're at, Dan Crenshaw. Yeah. He's more or less endorsing toxic masculinity, like the kind that leads to behavior like the guy who called in the audio we played. Yeah. Yeah. This whole like alpha male movement is itself abusive. Judson, you're the beta male expert on the show. So I'll I, accept that well, moniker with pride. <laughs> <laughs> Why is big dick energy so important to Dan Crenshaw? Do, do you have to have been in a fist fight to be an alpha male? I have no idea. Do you need an eye patch? I have no idea what, what constitutes an alpha male, honestly, to these guys. I shouldn't tease Dan Crenshaw for his eye patch. That's not who I am. <laughs> but do you ever wonder if Dan Crenshaw has a tattoo of an eye patch on the head of his penis with the patch covering the entrance to his urethra? I've never once wondered that, nor ever will. <laughs> <laughs> you might a little now. Nope. Nope, I've wiped it from my memory already. Okay, I think I've gotten this off course. <laughs> Day four, vote three, and who better to nominate you for speaker than a man so bad at the job, his own party fired him, Kevin McCarthy. Oh, Mevin. 
I am not going to play a clip from his nauseating nomination speech because some of our listeners may have weak stomachs or may have just eaten. Yeah, and it also was the worst nominating speech because it didn't work. He lost more votes. He lost even more support in this third vote. (laughs) And doesn't, especially after that Dan Crenshaw penis eye patch tattoo joke, uh, (laughs) I want to do a nice thing for our audience. How about for me too, please? Okay. (laughs) Let's, Let's just take a moment to smile. The 194 votes Jim Jordan won in his third speaker vote tied the record for fewest number of votes for a majority nominee in the past 100 years. (laughs) Doesn't that just give you a warm fuzzy? It does. It really does. (laughs) After this spectacular failure on their part, Republicans jumped on board the blame Democrats train. Of course. Listen to Georgia Congressman Austin Scott on CNN trying to pin the whole mess on Democrats. But Speaker McCarthy was elected and he was the Speaker of the House. He was the largest Republican fundraiser ever uh, for us as House Republicans. I mean, the Democrats knew what they were doing when they put up 208 votes to take him out of, out of the speakership. And that's what created uh, the current situation that we're in. So then we they had a conference meeting. They, they, they didn't take him out of the speakership. I mean, you're, you guys are sure the majority. You guys are the majority. Right. Ninety six percent of the votes came from Democrats. So, Brianna, I mean, I mean, just factually speaking, there were only eight Republicans and there were two hundred and eight Democrats. I mean, two hundred and eight Democrats. But, sir, who's voted. in the majority? Uh, well, the Democrats were the majority of that vote. <laughs> they made the rules. Yeah, they made the deals in their conference. They had the power. Yep. Not to mention, Republicans went out of their way to make their fellow Americans that disagree with them the enemy, right? So much so that, that it's become a fireable offense in their party to work with Democrats. And McCarthy went out of his way to to spurn any sort of outreach right. to the Democrats that could have saved his speakership. Yeah, it's self-defeating. So, I mean, they've just they just keep moving further and further to the right. They've excised most of the people in their party that would even entertain compromise or, or governing instead of these petty, like, identity politics. Yeah. And no matter how loudly you want to lie about how we got here, Austin Scott, you can't change those facts. But, like, Tino, but Tino, 96% of the votes came from <laughs> Democrats. God. Did we call for the vote to remove the speaker? Did no, the Democrats that, call that's for that? what Brad Killer said to him right after that was like you know who called for the motion to vacate well 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 a republican did that yeah yeah uh-huh nikki haley went so far as to try to blame joe biden and jake tapper wasn't having any of that let me go through her reasoning for you okay her reasoning was that the so-called chaos biden has allegedly created with his policies was contagious the COVID of policies There's chaos in the House because there's chaos in the executive branch, according to her. Huh. So what was one of their talking points? I think you shared it on the on the Discord channel. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Hakeem Jeffries is the uh, the worst speaker candidate in history because he's lost the speaker vote 18 times in a row now. Oh, my God. He's in the minority party. Yeah. A factually true statement that has no tether to the reality we all live in. Well, Jordan wasn't going to give up until his colleagues voted in private to end his chaotic reign as nominee. That was really Joe Biden's fault all along. (laughs) So now we have a full-on race on our hands. There are a lot of candidates vying for the worst job in America, nine by my last count, and that's not including this nightmare scenario. The three superstars in our conference, we threw them out. We had McCarthy, didn't want him. We had Scalise, majority, didn't want him. 
we got the number two most popular Republican in our country, and we don't want him either. I'm moving to Donald J. Trump now. <laughs> if those are your superstars, my friend, a, a, a stinging indictment of your entire party. <laughs> well, we are going to hold off on going over the nine man contest for the most repulsive resume and wait until the field shrinks a little bit. Suffice it to say, it's eight white guys and Byron Donald. The adult in me wants him to find a consensus candidate immediately and just get back to governing. Yeah. That same adult also knows that's highly unlikely. Uh, <laughs> in my heart of hearts, I want want to watch McCarthy get back in the race and lose until the 119th Congress begins, <laughs> hopefully led by Democrats, and then claim he won, or that it was the Democrats' fault. Set up a speakership in exile. <laughs> we will be right back. Hey, FNFers, Judson here. Tino and I are always looking to interact more with our fantastic audience. If you have questions, ideas, complaints, or just need a friend, you can reach out to us at factsandfriends at gmail.com. That's facts, the letter N, friends at gmail. And if you want to make a more intimate connection, I'm on Twitter at the fault in my arse. Again, the fault, the letter N, my arse. And you can find Tino at Uncle Tortilla. We can't wait to hear from you. Thank you all so much for listening to the show this week. The Facts and Friends podcast is written and directed by me, Tino. Judson and I actually do all of the editing and producing, executive and otherwise. <laughs> and that's because we are an independent outfit. We don't have a staff. If it gets done, one of us did it. So we get all the blame. So before we get to our closed topic this week, I want to be totally real with all of you. The Facts and Friends podcast needs your help. I say it every week because we're an independently produced show. That means there's no big corporation behind us paying any of our bills. And we have bills. It's true. And it's a bummer, but most of the podcasts these days, they are owned by huge corporations. We're not one of those. So if you don't help us out, the show eventually goes away, I guess. Uh, hard to say what happens. <laughs> you are the ones keeping the show on the air, and you're also doing your part to support independent podcasters. So here's what you can do. Tell your friends about the show. Encourage them to listen and subscribe. Five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts help a ton. There are free ways to help. You just have to do it and do it often. Finally, if you can spare a few dollars and we completely understand that not everyone can you would be doing us a huge favor by either joining our community of supporters over on patreon at patreon.com slash facts and friends or you can even just go to our website factsandfriends.captivate.fm there's a little tip button at the top you can use that a few people already have and we thank you so much for that all right it is time for this week's close topic i am turning the floor over to you judson <laughs> You recently attended a certain um, uh, extravaganza <laughs> to which I was not invited. You were there in spirit, I feel like, still. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I'm just, I'm actually kind of wiped right now. I've just gotten back from uh, my father's 70th birthday. We drove down there for the, just for the party, the, the dinner, really, and then crashed at my mom's place and then drove back the next day. So it's about eight hours of driving within about a 36-hour period. So I'm, I'm, I'm tired. Now, what should people know about your father? That's what I was going to say. I feel like I should preface this with the fact, I, I mean, if you haven't gone back and listened to all, you know, four seasons of the show, which you should do. But if you haven't, I guess I should mention the fact that my dad is not vaccinated for COVID, got COVID, went to the hospital, ended up on oxygen, but not quite to the uh, 
the um, what's the word I'm looking for? Death stage. <laughs> the, the intubated. He was not intubated. Oh, he wasn't intubated. <laughs> he was not okay. a, not on a respirator, but was on oxygen for the severity of his uh, COVID. And my kids had not really seen him since COVID. My oldest has not seen him since COVID because of the fact that he was not vaccinated and we were. When you told me you were going, yeah. I expressed some surprise because. <laughs> Yeah. I thought you were not going to go to events with your father until he got vaccinated. And that will come up into play, come back to play in the story, I think, a little bit. (laughs) One thing you didn't mention that maybe goes without saying is that your dad is a far right MAGA Republican. It does kind of go along with the with the territory, I think, of people who don't get vaccinated and it does, um, but not every anti-vaxxer. Not everybody, yeah. It's funny, you call him a far right MAGA Republican, and I don't think I can disagree with that. But when Donald Trump was was initially on the rise. He, he was a Ben Carson guy. Yeah, he didn't like him. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he wasn't his favorite anyway. Feels like that's changed. I guess he's I, come around. Yeah. <laughs> Warmed up to the the little dude. So anyway, my plan was to spend as little time there as possible. So we drove down the morning of the or the uh, the afternoon really of the party, the dinner, and then we left town immediately after dinner to go stay with my mom instead because she's not crazy. She's intensely homophobic, but not yeah. crazy. <laughs> she's not intensely homophobic. That's part of the lore of the show that you make just, up. <laughs> just, just her taste in curtains. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. So, where was I, Tino? This is why I don't let you t- maybe maybe talk. You went to your mom's, who's not crazy <laughs> well, but intensely homophobic, at least when it comes to decorating. <laughs> That was the plan, was to spend as little time there as possible because he's not vaccinated. He has some opinions that I particularly don't care for and that are, let's say, dangerous, like the vaccination part. And he has in the past tried to pass those sorts of things on to my kids, too, like telling them that COVID wasn't a big deal, even though he was like literally in the hospital for it at that moment in time and stuff like that. So I tried to limit exposure both in the viral sense and in the mental sense as well. So anyway, we get there like an hour early before dinner starts. So we, we go to his house and we were all pulled up in the driveway and they've got a little tiny dog. And my daughters are terrified of dogs. Doesn't matter how big they are. This one's probably like six pounds soaking wet. And the dog comes out. And so my my youngest is clinging to her mom and can't be near the dog. So, so I, it's starting off great already. It's, it's perfect. It's It's really going well. I have to ask, are you wearing masks? We are not. We're not wearing masks right now. So I take the older kids into the house to say hi to my stepmother and kind of get them settled. We've just been on the road for a few hours, so going to hit the bathroom and all that stuff. Leaving my wife and my youngest outside where my dad greets them. And my dad, the first thing he says to my wife is, well, oh, it's so great to see you. We've missed seeing you guys. I still haven't gotten my vaccine. He goes out of his way. Out of his way. So the very first thing is that he he has has not gotten it's vaccinated. A big JK Rowling fan. <laughs> it's it felt like trolling when she told me about it later. You know, it's yeah, like yeah. she's the nicest person that I know and she would not say the mean things I would say right. <laughs> in that situation. So she just so was you like, did not hear this comment. You're in with the older kids. She told me about it later, yeah. Oh boy, dinner might have been much shorter. He knows better than to say that shit to me cuz I would have responded far differently. She basically just said like, "Well, we're here for your birthday." <laughs> Whereas I would have said like, now you're an asshole. You got that? You're an asshole is what you are. 
Uh, I talked to my mom about it after the fact, actually, and she thinks it was basically gloating. Like, see, I win. I got you to come visit me before I got my vaccine. I win the the struggle of wills that we had, the battle of wits. I 100% agree that that's what he was doing. I agree, too. Yeah. They love measuring dicks. They love it. <laughs> but again, he wouldn't say it to me. Like, that. that's, a, no. yeah, because he knows better. That's the big part of it. Although, uh, the little cherry on top was at the end. Well, we got home today, and my son feels like he's not feeling well, so took his temperature. It's not elevated. He's fine. It's probably not thing, but I thought, how great would it be if he got COVID from... Not, not great. <laughs> well, I meant karmically great. How yes. great would that be if he got COVID? Because like by that, <laughs> by that logic, how great would it be if he just died of the COVID? <laughs> <laughs> Take that, dad. Now I win. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were there any awkward conversations at dinner? Not with him. There, there are some other things that I don't want to share on the air, I think. Ah, okay. Uh, that we, you and I should definitely talk about offline. <laughs> we'll tell you on Patreon if you, we'll if tell you, you subscribe. We will put it on Patreon for all our subscribers <laughs> on Patreon. <laughs> well, Judson, uh, I came into this story thinking your dad was a colossal dick. And, and you exited it the exact same way. <laughs> yeah. There is a reason we almost named this podcast My Mom is Worse Than Your Dad. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot I forgot that was an option. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we kept fighting about who was worse. I'm like, we're like who was worse? Yeah, my dad is worse than your mom. What? <laughs> yeah, right. Bring it. Well, we will see you next week with an all new show. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Bye bye. My name is Tino, and joining me this week is my friend and co-host. Most of you know him as a red-headed weirdo from Australia, but I know him as Judson. Hello, Judson.